Welcome to She Does Podcast. I'm Elaine Sheldon. And I'm Sarah Ginsberg. And today we have a special episode for you that is with Sarah and I and Elijah Case, our production assistant. Music in this episode is by Ronia. Nona Marie was featured as one of our previous music makers, and we're excited to have her back. We'll have a mid-roll interview with her in this episode, so make sure to stick around for that, because this is a new album that you'll want to know about. Elijah, how about you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself first? Sure. My name is Elijah, and I feel very lucky to have worked on She Does for the past year-ish. It's been a really excellent experience getting to hear all of these wonderful, strong women's voices and also to get to know Sarah and Elaine better, which I bet everyone also wants to get to know Sarah and Elaine a little bit better too. I met both Sarah and Elaine somewhat tangentially through where I work at DER, Documentary Educational Resources. yeah. What is documentary education? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> DER is a nonprofit distribution, production, and support um, organization for ethnographic and documentary media. And how long have you been working there? Uh, about three and a half years. Damn. Yeah. This is a bit of a different episode because we're going to be talking about ourselves. We're going to, which sounds vain, but. No, yeah, I mean, we're all. I'm, <laughs> I'm curious to hear about you guys, and I think probably the listeners are curious to know what you guys are up to and what you guys do. It's an appropriate time because we are going to be going a little bit off schedule, a lot off schedule. Elaine and I are both filmmakers and we miss the time that we were able to put into our our own films. And this has been a really, really great experience, but it's time to refocus our energy and our time and get back into our own work. We are no longer going to be on a weekly or monthly schedule. We're going to be releasing it less frequently. But we do have a bunch of interviews in the can. We interviewed, well, Elaine interviewed Lindsay Adario, who's a war photographer. She's photographed war and conflict for over 20 years, and she came out with a memoir called It's What I Do. And that was last year, I think. And this year, I think earlier this year, it was announced that Steven Spielberg is making a movie based on her memoir where Jennifer Lawrence is playing her in the film. So that's pretty cool and exciting. We also have the gals from maybe some of your favorite podcasts out there we have the gals from another round which is a buzzfeed podcast we also did an interview with jillian mayer who's an experimental filmmaker based in miami and an installation artist and all around fascinating person and then we also we also have um, one with sabah jordan an interview with sabah that we did at camden um she is a documentary filmmaker who is working on a film about Ferguson, Missouri called Who's Streets. So we've done a bunch of these interviews and we're still going to do interviews, you know, when we travel and go to festivals, but we're, they're just not going to come out every other week and they'll be just as good and just as much effort put into them and, you know, great, soundtracked by great music. We just can't promise them every other week. So that's that's the only change. <laughs> it's a big one, but um, you can still, you know, you can follow our work and what we're doing um, with film if you really like what we do. <laughs> Even though we're not going to be releasing them every week or every month, and we know that like there's this whole community built around the podcast, or at least I feel there is, and I know our guests have told me they feel there is too. Like 
You can follow each of our individual guests. They have pages on our website where you can go and follow their work. You can follow our work. And so you can keep up that community. You can reach out to those people that have been on our show. Reach out to us. If there's someone that's been on the show that you've been wanting to reach out to now, like this lull period of No She Does is a great time to do that. So like go to our website and read more about these women and learn more. Yeah. And and speaking of our past guests, big things have happened for a lot of them. And just to name a few, our very first guest, Katya Blickfeld, who was the creator and casting director of High Maintenance, uh, writer as well. High Maintenance got picked up by HBO for at least six episodes. So that's pretty exciting. They went, you you know, in this last year and a half we've seen them go from a 13 episode vimeo series oh, yeah. i mean oh 13 I episode series vimeo. on vimeo yeah. to being sponsored by vimeo or a vimeo original show and now hbo and what's going on with lyric when we interviewed lyric she was still editing tara tara went on to like sundance and every single festival won tons of awards was on itvs had the um great digital distribution i think now she's a showrunner at vice that's the last time i emailed her i mean she's she's crushing it it's awesome and then anna sale from death sex and money is now married and pregnant and moving to san francisco and moving death sex and money there as well we have like new moms like people that were not we're not moms when they were a show, or now new moms, or soon to be new moms. There's like new movies, like uh, Caitlin Fitzgerald has a new movie that she's acting in Tribeca this weekend, and then there's new positions. So Ingrid is no longer at Tribeca full time; she's um, just on as a sort of part time consultant. And she moved to South Africa, so she's in a new place. There's so much just exciting things happening from when we interviewed these women, right? And Tally, I actually saw Tally Medell, who is one of uh, the three girls from Cocoon Central Dance Team. Uh, she it starred in a film called The Arbalist, which won the Grand Jury Prize at South by Southwest this year. And I, she was three rows ahead of me at the awards ceremony. Kalyani Mom is, I don't know if she's still there right now, but she went back to Cambodia to shoot her next feature film, which sounds incredible. Um, and then Kiran Gandhi is doing a lot with her music uh, alter ego Madame Gandhi and has been playing putting stuff out she moved to LA and she's still you know giving a lot of talks and um just kicking ass because it's Kieran so yeah <laughs> our, our our girls have been like yeah. uh, I got the MacArthur award right yeah yeah she did I Thank saw you. that and I got like really excited for her because it's the most deserving yeah, <laughs> yeah. so um it's cool to see what hap- can happen in a year and um yeah where you feel lucky to have gotten the chance to talk to each of these women exactly when we got to talk to them yeah it's, yeah, yeah it's we, like a, definitely a moment in time for in their careers totally and i'm so grateful like i just want to say thank you to the women for taking an hour hour and a half two hours sometimes out of their life to sit down and talk with us and then listeners for listening to these shows for the past year and a half i mean it's such an awesome experience that i've never done a project that is such a um, instant gratification type of project where you release something and you know it's in, you can see the download numbers, and you know it's in someone's ears almost immediately, and that's such a cool thing. Thank you for those of you who've emailed us. Like we're not, we're not doing away with she does, but it's time that we focus on Sarah and Elaine and Elijah. <laughs> Sometimes. So I was 
really excited to hear this year that Elaine um, was awarded a new and quite exciting award from Chicken and Egg. Uh, So Elaine, could you tell us all a little bit about what that award is and what you're planning on um, using it for? Yeah, so it's awesome. And I'm really lucky to be one of five women that got it. It's the first year for it. It's called the Breakthrough Filmmaker Award. And it's a chunk of money. And it's also a year long uh, mentorship with Creative Capital, and where we're learning business and financial things. And it's awesome. I mean, they took us to Sundance, they're taking us to IDFA in November. And And I am taking all that money and putting it towards my work this year, which is something I haven't been able to do in a long time. And so I'm really excited to just be focusing on work in the region where I'm from, Appalachia, mostly West Virginia. And my main bread and butter, what I'm doing right now is a feature film about a heroin recovery center in West Virginia. The state's opioid overdose rate is double the national average, and it's something that hits really close to home. And so uh, we're focusing on this father who is a doctor but also has a son who's a recovering heroin addict. And we're also focusing on these really awesome women in another part of the state who are helping prostitutes and um, other women that are sort of... caught in this drug cycle we're raising development money right now and all the things that all the awesome guests over the she does episodes taught me i'm sort of putting in place right now and it's really great i'm also doing a couple short films about the economy and politics and the state of sort of rural america and appalachia i'm working on a casual i don't really know what it's going to be yet photo series and writing project with my family um I'm one of the only members of my family who's left the state of West Virginia, and most of them live up a holler, um, a road, and my you know, youngest cousin is living on the same plot of land that my great-grandma lived on, um, and there's just this really interesting rootedness that my family feels, and so I'm exploring that and how they've been able to stay there in the really turbulent economic times and you know, they all still have coal mining jobs, which is, you know, definitely something that's going to be fading away. And so that's interesting. I'm following that. And then I met this great gal at Sundance. Her name's Darcy McKinnon. She's from Novak, which is in New Orleans. And we are starting a collective together where we are handpicking documentary makers who live and make work in Appalachia and the South. We want to be part of helping Southern filmmakers have their exposure raised to a national level. And so we're starting, you know, with filmmakers from West Virginia to Texas. And if any of you guys live and work in the South and make films that have already gained attention nationwide, then get in touch with me because we're going to be launching that soon. And... Yeah, you can follow all this stuff. I have a newsletter on my website, elainemcsheldon.com, and I'm on Twitter. And I, I, I'm just so excited by all the work that you're doing always. Yeah, I feel like in, over the past few months, I've, I've definitely noticed, Elaine, you sound – your voice just sounds different, and it's because you are relaxed and chilled out, and this this award has allowed you to – not be stressed about finances, which is incredible. I mean, because usually you're, you know, trying to do five other things in order to fund these projects and just to pay rent. It's been cool to, like, hear you this sound this way. 
and be this way. Yeah, I feel so much less stressed. It's funny you can hear it in my voice. I feel so much chiller. It's like a financial thing, of course, because anybody out there that's making independent films knows that it's impossible and it's nearly impossible to fund your work and get paid. And so it's like kept me out of the game of making another big project for almost three years and it's been really difficult and stressful. And so to have Chicken and Egg come in and invest in like a year of my work is amazing. But it's like financial investment, but it's also emotional investment in the fact that like for Chicken and Egg to be like, you know, we like what you're doing and here's money and here's mentorship to do it solidly for a year to see if this can be the year of the, your quote unquote breakthrough. And whatever that means, I have to define and I'm not quite sure what that means yet. But for me, it's just like, I mean, all I have to do every single day is wake up and make my work. And so I have nothing to be stressed about. Like I don't. I don't have to worry about anything. It's amazing. And I this is I will only have this for this year. And so I just want to pump out as much quality work as I possibly can because you never know what the next year will hold. It'd be cool to see more of that happen. Yeah. See more organizations do that. Yeah. Just like give more like talented, passionate people money. Without <laughs> strings attached. Yeah. And like just trust them and let them do their work that they need to do that would be wonderful it's amazing how much more you can spread money over your career your life than you can over a project like project funds just like diminish so quickly Mm. but if you just say to someone like here's a chunk of money to put towards your career in this case it's fifty thousand dollars it's like holy cow like it's not it's not for any one project i can do whatever with it that mm-hmm. is, you know, within the, <laughs> I can't like go on the Trans-Siberian Railroad or anything, which would be awesome. I guess I could if I was making a film about yeah, it. Yeah, depending on the project. I was going to say, you said you never know what next year holds. I had this idea for a podcast. Uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> 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 oh, it's goodness. about women in athletics. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love athletics. Sarah. Mm. <laughs> I want to hear from you. Um, let's see. So in 2014, I know that's a while ago, um, I w- shot and edited a feature film, uh, which is now out. It premiered at South by Southwest. It's called Best and Most Beautiful Things. It's a coming-of-age story about a legally blind girl and um, she, what kind of what she gets into in the year after graduating from Perkins School for the Blind, which is a high school in uh, Watertown, Massachusetts. Um, she gets into some interesting things, and while some might find them weird, it's pretty empowering. It's about sex positivity, too, so yeah. I'll, I'll just say that. Cool. It, it'll be at IFFB in a couple of weeks, which is Independent Film Festival of Boston. I can't wait to see it there. Oh, yeah. I will, I will not be there because I'll be, I'm going to Ethiopia next Saturday or Sunday mm. uh, with actually one of our guests, Moa Scarpelli, who did Frame by Frame to shoot for a nonprofit called The End Fund. And I'm also working at MIT on some editing videos for interactive documentary style case studies. Um, It's in the real estate and urban development department. So it's about gentrification in a certain part of Panama, the old city called Casco Viejo, and then another about startups in Beijing. So that's been pretty fun. It's my first nine to five. That goes until June. And I'll pick back up with the sign project, which is a short I've been working on, or a series of shorts that I've been working on since for like four or five years about a man named Dave. I call him Hogarden Dave because he was a regular at my bar I worked at in Cambridge. 
and he used to drink a lot of Ho Garden, so we <laughs> called him Ho Garden Dave. But he, him, and I kind of have been working, collaborating together. But he's the, he's kind of the subject of this project, along with the this certain specific type of sign called Signtronics. And then we held a little um, a little event where we uh, went on a, a walking sign tour led by Dave. We showed some <laughs> rough scenes that I cut together. Um, and just kind of had a discussion. And Steve and Jemmy, who is the local Scientronics representative, shows up after church, yeah. uh, unexpected, Sweet and, and kind of just like took over the uh, presentation for a little bit. Uh, we had to cut him off, but we were so happy he was there. Um, Elijah was there too. And she's an official sign hunter. Um, it's official. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I would like to, I'd like to pick that back up and finish it before I move to LA in the end of August. Oh, and in July, um, this summer, I'm going to Branson, Missouri, which is where my boyfriend is from. And he is working on a project about his family who has a very interesting story. And so I'm going to help him shoot and, uh, do interviews and just kind of hang out there. I'm Nona Envy from Ronia, and I'm here to present uh, our latest EP called Sisters. It's myself, Fletcher Barnhill, and Mark McGee. I think that conflict between the dark and the light is really inspiring for Mark and myself especially, and we're not afraid to dive into it and face it and work with it and to write things that are kind of uncomfortable to listen to or to sort of like live in that world of intensity and highlight it by bringing out some of the lighter factors around it. The quality of your voice does so much for me and I feel like although you know with, with all the different projects you've done the style has changed but your voice remains consistent but it fits into each of these so well. How do you view your, your sound? And, and do you like put a lot of thought into how you use you know, certain aspects of your voice? I, I think it's, it's becoming more intentional for me over time where I am sort of understanding myself better and express myself differently by pulling out different tones or trying to reach to different places that I'm uncomfortable with, like singing higher, singing a different range of notes, or s using a different quality of voice. I've been experimenting with growling kind of <laughs> lately, and I've been sort of un unsure of when to use it, but I'm, I'm almost ready. Our first record was so dreamy, and I'm still into that place, but it's kind of nice to say something, yeah, a little louder, a little more aggressively, and express ourselves that way this time around. I have a lot of really strong women around me that inspire me every day and I feel like I'm a part of a really beautiful like female-centric community of artists. I cherish being in this community and at the same time I think that a lot of us feel like ultimately alone and isolated, I don't know. Not to be like sad or intense about it, but it's just sort of the nature of being an artist and a musician is like feeling isolated. 
or like needing to isolate yourself to create the work that you do. Winter brings out those aspects of people being here, writing that record in de December and January, and Minneapolis can bring out some of the like more intense <laughs> ideas. But overall, the record I'm super stoked about. I'm I'm excited to be bringing forward a new a new voice that I didn't really think I had in me necessarily. <laughs> If you're a musician, you have this sort of trajectory that you're supposed to be on, and you have these notches that you're supposed to make and that people understand. And if you like steadily mark off those accomplishments or whatever, then people can view your life as a success and like whatever sort of sacrifices you've made or compromises to do the work that I do, people can see that it's worth it because you know, like, you played the show or you opened for this band or you made this amount of records. There's like some sort of tangible evidence. I've been trying to challenge that idea, which I, maybe I've always challenged that, but lately it feels so much more real and like I'm tackling it head on or something. I can't fit into this, this model of a person, of a female musician or whatever. Like these few models that we have of successful musicians I'm not a part of that and I'm not willing to become a part of that to achieve that success and kind of struggling with how to be confident in that. the way that you've done things from the beginning. I mean, with Anonymous Choir and this project and Dark, 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 and not that there should be shame, but you've confidently tried out all these different projects and they've all been so different and they've all been successful in different ways. Can you talk a little bit about how finding confidence in change and even the lower moments of, you know, deciding to change plans in your artistic career and, you know, being okay with stopping some projects and putting it on or putting it on pause and kind of filtering out people's responses. Because with the podcast, like, we're getting ready to go on a little bit of a hiatus. And so we're excited, like, to, you know, go back into making films again and have time to do that. But there's also been this, like, back like this response from some people like why would you why would you stop yeah I feel that for sure because I'm I mean yeah dark dark dark's been on hiatus for a few years and I'm actually about to take a break with the choir stuff writing music and performing it for people there's this aspect where I need this like public interaction you know it's not enough to write the songs and just have them for myself but for somehow I need to perform them in front of people and feel that they like it or they're into it or they're interested in it or they you know have some kind of reaction to it that just that feeds the process we just have to do what we have to do and people don't always react positively it can feel sort of defeating because it's like this is me this is what i'm doing i'm presenting my art to you i've worked you know the last two years i've been cultivating this and i want people to listen to it with an open mind and I feel like I always approach music like that, especially when there's a musician that I really love and respect and they do something totally different with their music. It's, it's cool to think about them and like what's happening in their life, like why someone might make different choices for themselves artistically. And 
I don't think that I owe it to anybody to explain why I make the decisions that I do. But it would be nice if people gave me the like benefit of the doubt. I mean, for me, it's a challenge for myself. Ronia started because I wanted to play electronic music. I'd only ever played acoustic music. I'd never touched like a synthesizer or keyboard that wasn't just a piano. Everything that I was doing was brand new, and it felt really exciting to me. And there's, I don't know, that, that goes a long way. Do you have a favorite she does moment? Or even oh. even just the experience or uh, something I mean, so something that I've loved about getting to hear like the whole interviews, because I do, um, I've ended up doing like a lot of the transcribing um, of the interviews is getting to hear like that full, sometimes two hour like conversation, <laughs> which when you're transcribing it isn't like always the most fun, but it does always feel like so rewarding after. And I end up like thinking about those things for days and days and days. I, they're all so good. And I do feel that like I'm a more driven person now because of them. Like you just have to put yourself out there and do it. And even if like the work is hard, I'm I'm very much like a Frady cat. And mm. like, <laughs> but like cat. I, I am like, I feel like I'm re- actually finally starting to like put real things in motion that I'm excited about. And I love in the Maggie episode where she's like, you need to be physically strong. And that inspired me to start doing push-ups. Like I do push-ups almost every morning so that I can be, like a physically strong person as well as trying to be more of like That's an awesome. emotionally strong person. I love that. That's, Maggie, it's much Maggie harder to be an emotionally that. strong person. <laughs> yeah, like I just think that's so cool. And she's, you know, she's not like any, like the youngest person, but I so admire that she's like dedicated to keeping herself like healthy. And Is there a moment that when you think of this last year that like if you think of if you think of she does that stands out in your mind like my mind goes right to pam ribbon for some reason and um just just Mm -hmm. laughing for an entire hour straight (laughs) i think even crying maybe a little too because i always cry but i just that for some reason that specific interview in her house in la and all the external um like noises happening and the the people blowing grass that wasn't there around they just like that kind of sums up this whole experience for me for some reason or it's just like what I attribute like the the image I get when I think of this whole year Elaine do you have one yeah I mean I have two I really enjoyed I have 32 <laughs> I, I really enjoyed just working with Sarah like week in and week out because we would be like across the eastern seaboard and sometimes i like recorded some of these episodes in china and dubai like it was so random <laughs> i remember i had food poisoning and i was like taking times to puke and then mm. record the voiceover for cat <laughs> season episode and so like we just we i mean the the crazy oh. things we did to get this podcast out there is i think just awesome and sort of just like lit a fire back in me and so i'm just grateful that you had the dedication to do that and that like we both empowered each other to make it happen but and also i think another thing that will stick with me is the fact that when we started the podcast i was so burnt out from my other project or my last project that i just didn't even know like what to do next and so i was like what do you do at this transitional moment i'm going to ask other women and what they all do is they just 
get up every morning and do it. You know, like even if they don't yeah. really know what it is that they're doing, they do it every single day. And like you figure it out. Like you can't figure things out unless you get up every day and try to figure it out. And just like if you're supposed to be a writer or want to be a writer, get up every day and write. Like put yourself out there. And yeah. so I know it's about that. Do, do, yeah. do. Yeah. Like I know that because I've been doing this for a little more than, you know, like since I would say like since 2007. But something in me sort of got lost. And like the fact of like seeing these women just like do their thing was like, oh, yeah, you know how to do that. Like that's what you do. Just go do it. And it was a <laughs> lot easier to figure out what I should be doing when you when you're less worried about like what it is you're doing and you're just more more worried about just going out and doing it and figuring it out in addition to just like making things I think what every single guest taught us that I didn't really realize they had taught us until the like till we're at this point is when you look back on it like they we chose them to be on the show because they were passionate about something they were good at something they were impressing us in some way and so most of the things that they were good at were things that were close to them so they chose things that were personally important to them or that were close to them in some way i think oftentimes when people start making work they want to make work for other people or make like what is the mainstream going to like like who is the how do i get a vimeo staff pick these types of things but like the way how do I win this award? But it's really like the stuff that these women are accomplished with and the stuff that they are winning awards for is something that's like so deeply personal. It can only come out of them. I, I also want to say too, I've been thinking about this lately, is that the idea that sometimes even if you're not the creator yourself and you're working as a team member supporting someone else's vision – or someone else's idea or creative endeavor. I think that's just as important. I've kind of started to think about that myself and I do make my own stuff, but I really love making stuff with people, bringing my skills and my ideas to other people's ideas as well as making my own stuff. So I think that's important to touch on too, because sometimes when you're, I feel like it's sometimes I'm like forcing myself to be the creative, to be the, the director or the creator of a project, but that's not, necessarily always what your role has to be mm. and there's no shame in that I think that's also why we've worked so well together is because you're a really great decision maker and a confident decision maker and um I'm not but I once I'm given direction like a direction to go in I that's when I thrive so I think that's why we work so well together is because I'm ready to jump on board I, I like support your ideas and um then I you know then I contribute my own but it's like you get the ball rolling and I'd like keep ro helping you roll it. <laughs> keep pushing it up that hill. <laughs> no, like, like there would be no writing on the website if it were up to me. I hate writing. <laughs> I'm a good writer bad. when I like the Sarah's content. such a good writer. Like these music maker episodes when she's talking about the style of music and stuff. I'm like, how does she even know what this is? <laughs> like, I don't even know how to describe music. I'm always so the impressed with Sarah. <laughs> I'm like, she should be on all songs considered. Like the way she's describing the way these songs sound. I'm like, I don't know how to describe music at all. While we're on this topic, I want to acknowledge our music makers and say thank you and these episodes would definitely not be what they are without the music and um then you know as it kind of turned into featuring each of the women that contributed the music whether it was like a member of a band or someone that was leading the musical project that kind of became just as important to us as the episodes i got to be close with like elaine and elijah and like billy 
fucking Resnick is um, a wizard. This podcast is called She Does, and he has, without complaint, <laughs> without complaint ever, stayed up all night along with us to make these things sound beautiful, and I don't understand why. <laughs> And a very special thanks to Scott McCauley at Filmmaker Magazine, who's run five takeaways with every single episode, which has been awesome. Independent Music News, who has also been running our music episodes. And then we have Christine Cover, who is our illustrator and my one of my best friends from elementary school. And actually, I was thinking about doing like a little quick interview with her, and she yeah. might say a couple words that will like slide into this episode. That'd be great. Yeah. I am Christine Cover, and my day job is teaching high schoolers how to make and hopefully enjoy making art. My individual aspirations are to be kind of doing freelance illustration on the side and maybe get to a point where I can do both part-time because I really like teaching enough that I want to have that piece still be kind of a constant high school kids are smart and creative so and they don't have as many inhibitions I feel like yet (laughs) in high school my teacher was always pushing us to like make work that meant something and I remember being so pissed about that like why can't I just make a piece of art that looks cool because it looks like the thing that I drew and I wanted it to look realistic and it always had to be like yeah but what does that say about you or like I was just so frustrated but you know I kind of understand that now like how you know you can use art as a vessel to communicate ideas. I struggled a lot trying to find my style, like who I wanted to be as an artist or what was, I don't know, I had this question of like, what's even acceptable? How much work do you have to put into a piece? How conceptual does it have to be? Can it just be like a five minute piece and that's art? So I think I struggled a lot with trying to find kind of my niche, but with, yeah, with the She Does artwork, I think I had been doing a lot of pen drawings in the last, like, couple years. It kind of worked out, like, I didn't want to draw the faces, so I decided to make it, like, part of the shtick. I don't know if that's something I should be well, telling we, we, people. We ran, no, we ran with it. <laughs> yeah. I think we, like, we, we, we decided, and you know what, honestly, like, people come up with interpretations and meanings after the fact and I think some artists and filmmakers and you know whoever like go along with it and like realize stuff about their own work yep after people have discussed it and like you know comprehended it well and I like the idea of putting the focus more on like their unique characteristics like the shape of their face or the type of their hair or the you know the weird quirky shirts that they always wear or the like dangly earrings or whatever like I think it's kind of fun to have them recognizable by something other than their facial features right kind of like in audio when you're listening you don't know what somebody looks like Mm -hmm. there's just like little details of voice so it kind of parallels that yeah that's what I'm going intentional (laughs) yeah that's something I definitely learned in art school which is to make up meanings for things just so you know what everybody does it whether they're going to admit it or not for all of my, the time that I've known you, you're just always making, and you make such a variety of work. Like, it's not just the pen and ink. Yeah. Now you're working with different materials and cool threads, watercolor. Yeah, mixed media. Is this stuff that you feel like you have to get out of you? And, and, and how do you, what does it do for you personally when you're making? I definitely think I get in a mood, like a mood will strike where I'm like, oh, I need to make something. But I almost feel like it has a lot to do with feeling like I'm 
being productive, but also in a way that like I feel like represents myself the best. I don't want it to sound like I only do art for other people because that's definitely not it, but there's some sense of gratification when I feel like I'm translating a part of myself to a product, like a visible product, and I don't know why, but it just feels like, oh yeah, that's me, yep. Freeing yourself from feeling like there's pressure or like the thing that you're making is so precious that like it has to be this amazing thing that you envisioned. Um, I think being able to free yourself to just make something for the sake of making it for the sake of the process and not have to have it turn out. So I think risk taking is really important and allowing yourself to like totally botch something and be able to throw it away when you're done if you really want to. I don't know. Just try something new again the next day. Tell us your, the best way to get in contact with you and how people can see your art. Half hyphen eaten sandwich.com. Okay. And yeah, my Instagram, which is Christine J. Cover. No, but I do, I do want to say that like uh, you brought so much to this. Yeah, it's nice when you like, like the project that your friend's making. Yeah, and it's nice when you have a really great friend that you've known forever that can make good art and you can bring onto a yeah. project <laughs> and, and it's like nice when like you can talk about it <laughs> um all right well we all love each other yeah that's clear yeah thank you for everything this has been a really good experience thank yeah. you <laughs> elaine thank you for being for having this idea and being my hero <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Thank you for being the best person ever. <laughs> no, I'm. I feel lucky like to call you my friend, and I love you. But you already knew that. I love you too. <laughs> and Elijah, we I love, love you. And we are looking at each other. Love you. Like. Yeah. <laughs> Ready? Great. One, two, three. Thank, Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs> she does. <laughs> Is it thank you or thanks? Oh, I don't know. I think it's thanks for listening. Okay, thanks. Okay. Or no. You, Wait, what do you say? I don't know. You say it. I think it's thank you for listening to She Does. Oh, yeah. That's what it is. That's what can, it is. Can you count, though? Can you count? Sure. Three, Three two, one. Thank, thank you for, for listening, listening to She Does. Does. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So... That's great. Oh my god, guys, I'm going to see Dolly Parton on June 7th. Yes! Awesome!